0: Weird, hate it. Yeah, in the day of Pentecost, they had no chairs. They were in the street. They were standing. See, think of that, right? Think of how comfortable we get to be. The early church had no chairs. Um, just so you know, if um, there'll be a couple of little small group things this morning. So, going to do a little bit of teaching here about the text, Book of Acts, as we look at what a Jesus-shaped church is. Then I'm going to read Acts chapter 2, the first sermon of the church, the first day of of Pentecost when the Spirit comes. And then I'm going to lead us in prayer. And in your groups, you're going to pray together for our church community, uh, for the Holy Spirit to guide us and lead us, to fill us afresh. Uh, One thing we'll see in the book of Acts is the Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost in a special way upon the church. But then in Acts chapter 4, the believers gather together and pray. And it says, after they prayed... The place where they prayed was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. So, like, Hang on a minute, didn't that just happen like in Acts chapter 2? So the Holy Spirit comes on the church for ongoing empowerment, to live the Christian life. Let's face it, you know, it's, it's hard um, to try and live the Christian life on your own, right? In your own strength, it's hard to deal with personal challenges and grief and it's hard to fight the sin that we battle with and the temptation. It's hard to love people who are difficult and... Unruly, or whatever it might be, you know, it's hard to um, mend relationships without the Spirit's help and presence. So, we need the ongoing presence of the Spirit. It's hard to know what to do as a church without the Holy Spirit leading and guiding us. So, we need to pray, we need to lean into that. And one thing you'll see in the book of Acts if you read it, and I do encourage you when we do a teaching series in church, like feel free to read that book. Trent read the book of Acts in one day the other day. How long did it take you, Trent? Three hours. Three hours three hours. So if you've got three hours this week, or you could do like, you know, half an hour over the next six weeks, read through the book of Acts, get a sense of where we are, get a sense of what God's saying to us through the word and read it. But one thing you'll find if you do read through the book of Acts is if, if aliens, if, you know, hypothetical aliens kind of flew across the early church and kind of had a I don't know what aliens have, hypothetical aliens, like a telescope or something that they could look down on the early church and take some notes. What do you think that they would note about the early church? What would they notice about the church in the book of Acts, the church that Jesus shapes, the Jesus-shaped church? Give me just a couple of, call them out. What do you think they'd notice about that church? Care for one another? Passion? Covenant life? Cynthia? Fire. Fire. Joy? Meeting together. Meeting together? <laughs> a Making a difference? Like persecution, right? persecution? Yes. Exponential growth. Exponential growth. There's one word I'm looking for still. They're all fantastic. Power? Power. Jesus? Prayer! Prayer. Prayer. Gaynor gets the prize. All right. Well <laughs> done, right Gaynor. No, well done, everyone. All those words are there but the one that I want to just touch on quickly is prayer. And look at, I love this verse in Acts chapter 1. We're not doing Acts chapter 1. uh, We're missing a little bit, but just listen to this. In those days, verse 15, Peter stood up among the believers, a group numbering about 120. So about 40 more than we've got here. This is the start of the church, basically fit in this room. That's what they had. That's who they were, about 120. And he said a few things. But just before that, listen to what, uh, what Luke says about the church. They're all gathered there in the upper room in Jerusalem, about 120 of them. Listen to this, verse 14. They all joined together constantly in prayer. They all joined together constantly in prayer. They all joined together. The, the word is like this unity of mind and heart. They were so one. There was such a oneness, such a unity. And they were joined together in prayer, in worshipping God. And then listen to this bit. This is, this is radical. This is first century, unbelievable, groundbreaking. They all joined constantly together in prayer along with the women. So you think it's normal that women and men are sitting here together in worship and praying. But that wasn't normal in Judaism. Has anyone been to Jerusalem, been to the Wailing Wall? Men and women still don't pray together. There's a part for the men. There's another part for the women. They're separate. So how radical is that? They're already at that point, what they've learned from Jesus is that men and women are valuable and welcome in the community of faith, equally. We just read that and gloss over it. Oh, yeah, and the women were present. It's amazing. And then this one little bit I love. And the women were there. And Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers, Jesus' earthly brothers. I love that because it's the last time we hear of Mary in the New Testament. And to our people with Catholic background, I want to say honour Mary and, and bless Mary. But look at where she's found. The last time we hear of her in the Bible, she's with the believers She's praying with them in the name of her son, (laughs) Jesus. How amazing is that? So they were praying together. And then just after Acts chapter 2, when I'm I'm about to read it, this is what it says in Acts 2.42. The Christians, the the people of God, devoted themselves to prayer. They devoted themselves to prayer. (laughs) That's something each of us has to decide and do. It's not something the pastor or the leaders of the church do or some special person. They devoted themselves to prayer and to the breaking of bread, to the apostles' teaching, to the word of God. So before Pentecost comes, all the Christians, all the believers of Jesus are there in prayer together, in one heart and one mind. The Holy Spirit comes. After that, they devoted themselves to prayer. The thing that marked the early church mostly is they were a community of prayer. They were a community of prayer together, and that was a powerful thing. So let's read Acts chapter 2. I'm going to do something a little bit different. Um, Andy and team, can you come up ready to to worship up? I want to invite you to stand out of respect for the Word of God, because there are Christians across the world today who can't get access to a Bible, Um, or if they're caught with a Bible, will be put in jail. Let's stand as a sign of our respect for God's word that I'm about to read. The first message that the church heard on the day of Pentecost. The first message that the church heard together. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked aren't these who are speaking Galileans, which was a slur, by the way, then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs... We hear them speaking the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked each other, What does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them. Said, They're drunk. (laughs) They've had too much to drink. But then Peter stood up with the eleven. He raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem... Let me explain this to you and listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, your old men will dream dreams, even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy, I will show wonders in the heavens above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited to you by God through miracles, wonders and signs which God did among you through him as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge and you, with the help of wicked people, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. David said about him... I saw the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead. You will not let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the paths of life and you will fill me with joy in your presence. Fellow Israelites, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried and his tomb is here to this day but he was a prophet and he knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne seeing what was to come he spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah that he was not to be abandoned to the realm of the dead and nor did his body see decay. God raised Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it, exalted to the right hand of God. He has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. For David didn't ascend to heaven, and yet he said, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore, Let all Israel be assured of this God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? What should we do? Peter replied, Repent! Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you, for your children, for all who are far off and all whom our Lord God will call. And with many other words, he warned them. He warned them and he pleaded with them. Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. But let's continue to pray like the early church. They were all together in one place and they prayed together. We can chat afterwards about the footy and, and how bad Adelaide did last night and all that stuff. But just as you join together in your groups, let's begin praying. Pray for our church. Pray. Let's confess our sins. Let's ask God for His help. Let's ask God for His Holy Spirit to guide us. Let's ask God for His Spirit to help us love each other and have unity. So come together now and let's pray to the Lord. The Spirit is on all of you. The Spirit is on all of us to pray. So let's pray for our church community. Let's do that now. Pray together in Jesus' name. Lift up your voices. Don't be shy. God can hear more than one person at the one time. Just can continue to pray and I'm going to lead us together in a moment. Keep praying, that's fine. Lord, this is your church we are your people father god we pray in the strong and holy name of jesus christ that you would bless us to be a blessing uh, that you would help us to trust you with all of our heart uh, to love you with all of our heart soul mind and strength lord we are your people Uh, form us afresh by your holy spirit lord Uh, we've been busy and active lord we've been tired and weary there's been a lot to do the last couple of years There's been a lot of crazy stuff going on with COVID and moving out of our old facility. Father, would you refresh us today, pour out your spirit upon us afresh as a church. Lord, where we're tired or weary, where we're hurting, um, where secretly we're struggling and no one else knows, you know, Lord, you see like through a pane of glass, you look at us and there's nothing hidden. The things that we can hide from others, it's just a pane of glass to you and you see it. And so Lord, help us trust you in this space that we don't have to wear masks, we don't have to act and perform to gain your approval and favor. We don't have to be scared of what other people might think of us. Thank you, Lord, that you care, that you understand what we're going through, that you know intimately each and every person here by your spirit that lives in us. You know where we are, how we're going. You know the struggles we're having in relationships friendships family you know the personal battles we're dealing with you know our hopes and our dreams you know our longings that we we have to serve you and let our lives glorify you and make a difference in this world so father pour out your spirit on us afresh today as your people as you did at pentecost we know that's a special moment for the church but lord thank you that we have your spirit and we pray that you would help us continue to put ourselves in places where your Holy Spirit can speak to us, can, can comfort us, can convict us, can empower us. Lord, help us wait each day. Take some moments in prayer and quietness, read your word, open up our hearts during the day to you. Come Holy Spirit of God, bless your people and drive out, Lord, drive out darkness, drive out the plans of the enemy against our church, we pray in the strong and holy name of Jesus. Father, expose and reveal any threats and plans that are spiritual attacks against our church, Lord. Deliver us from them, we pray, in the strong and holy name of Jesus. Lord, give us wisdom as we have to discern and work through this land on Bolland Road. Lord, show us what you want us to do. Father, show us whether you want us to, in faith, take that land and use it for you and your kingdom purposes. Lord, we pray for our brothers and sisters at Hills Baptist Church. Give them wisdom. Give us wisdom. And whether you want us to come together for your kingdom purposes, your mission and ministry in Mount Barker and beyond, Lord, give us wisdom as churches. Show us the way. We're asking you, Lord. We want you to lead us and guide us. Lord, let your will be done. Let your kingdom come in the strong and holy name of Jesus. Lord, revive our hearts Lord, help us love you, not with a lukewarm or tepid love, but may you be the first thing in our hearts when we wake up in the morning. May your purposes drive our lives. May our hearts be aligned with your heart, Jesus, for Mount Barker, for the Adelaide Hills, for for the world. Lord Jesus, give us your heart as a church afresh to reach out, to bring your good news to the broken, the hurting, the lost, the alone, the self-sufficient, the wealthy and proud, those who are victims of oppression and injustice, those who are the perpetrators of oppression and injustice. Lord, help us bring your word uh, in the power of your Holy Spirit, we pray. Yes. Yes. Things to share with you, take a seat. Who's excited about what God's doing? Oh yes. Who's not excited? No, but seriously, who sometimes feels, yeah, a bit of a weight of deadness inside? Or maybe life's kind of knocked the vicissitudes and difficulties of life have knocked... That was for Mick Draper, that word. Mick's not watching online, but can you tell him I said that, Julie? Because I know he li- he's a librarian. He likes, he, likes he likes good words. And vicissitudes is not a word you hear often today. <laughs> confusion <laughs> but, in the feelings yeah confusion um, all sorts of stuff and it's you know it's sitting with that with God um, you know we're called as Christians to actually battle against the flesh we don't have to give in to the the sinful nature um, but it's normal to feel things it's normal to feel envy for instance but we don't have to go with envy it's normal to feel suspicion or bitterness, or but we don't have to go with that. It's normal to feel self-pity and woe is me, and no one gets me, no one does. that's normal. But as Christians, we're given the Spirit. Paul says to live by the Spirit, keep in step with the Spirit. Not to deny the reality of our humanity, but to overcome the power of the flesh to pull us down, to divide us, to pull us apart. And just a few things before we share communion. Stick with me. Um, There's a few things in Acts chapter 2 that that I read, um, and I just want to touch on them very quickly. That the Holy Spirit brought power for community. Um, Never before had the world known men and women joined together like that in unity in worship and prayer. People from different cultures and ethnic backgrounds. As the church grew... It became the model for the world on what unity in diversity looks like. It wasn't that everyone was the same, but the spirit and the message of Christ brought a unity which was real. It wasn't a forced kind of woke unity where everyone has to think the same and have the same ideas to be part of the in-group in society. It was a real unity in diversity where people of different genders and different ages and different ethnicities came together the holy spirit brought power for community it says they were all together on the day of pentecost they were all together and then straight after the spirit comes they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching everyone was filled with awe at the miracles that were being performed all the believers were together and had everything in common and that word there is koinonia which is the greek word not just for unity but for being bonded together like that The church community, as it was born in the Spirit, was bonded together like that. Yes, as we go on, they had problems and they had challenges and they got upset with each other. Paul fell out with Barnabas and Paul didn't want Mark to go, okay, yeah, we know there's stuff that happens. But at the heart, they were one in Jesus. There was a oneness that the Holy Spirit brought. The Holy Spirit brings unity, love, compassion, gifts to bless and build up the church to each person encouragement for us direction for the church power for the church to live as a community of faith and you notice that the holy spirit comes on the community it's not just an individual experience thing they all individually experience something but it was together the holy spirit brought them together and that's really important Um, and it's not just the church the holy spirit in your family if you're parenting or your wider family network your workplace as a christian The Spirit in you and through you can help bring peace. You can be a peacemaker, can help build bridges in families, can help you parent, know how to oversee parenting your children. The Spirit will give you wisdom and will help you do that because it's not easy. The second thing is power to proclaim Jesus. When the Holy Spirit came, the church received power to proclaim Jesus. They hadn't done that yet until the Spirit came. And sometimes we kind of feel, oh, the weight of evangelism and mission on the world, it's kind of so hard. And I don't want to talk to people about Jesus. They just think you're a nutter. You know, it's difficult. It's hard. It's tough. You know, how do you do this? It's weird. How do you start with someone? Oh, yeah, there's this guy who was in heaven. He kind of came down as a baby and grew up and died on a cross. And then God raised him from the dead. Yep. And if you believe that, you'll be saved. I mean, you might as well say Martians came from out of. It's 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 an amazing story, right? It's crazy at one level. And yet, look at all you here and me i would think most of us here believe it right how did that happen well someone told us and the holy spirit took the message of jesus that we heard and was shared and brought it to our heart and we believed i believe it i never really knew it till i was 19 until someone in a church community actually in the adelaide hills um, reached out to me with the gospel the Holy Spirit gives the church power to proclaim Jesus and in your daily life. Gives you power to bear witness to Jesus in your family, in your workplace. As parents, gives you power to be able to share the faith with your children in a way they can understand and appreciate and hear. It gives you the power to live that faith in front of them because they're going to be watching your actions more than they're listening to your words, probably. Um, that's how it works, right? The Holy Spirit gives power to the church for unity and community the holy spirit secondly gives power to the church to proclaim jesus and thirdly the holy spirit is given to us for personal transformation something happened to these people when they heard peter preach when they heard the message of jesus the saving message of jesus when they heard that the holy spirit did something in their heart they were cut to the heart they were convicted they suddenly got, hang on, it was us that put Jesus to death. Now, they literally did that in their day, right? But symbolically, metaphorically, like realistically, we have put Jesus to death as well. And when the Holy Spirit works in someone's heart to know, actually, if I was the only person on earth before Jesus came, yes, he would have come for me, but yes, he would have had to come for me. And he would still have had to die. Even if I was the only person there. He would have still given his life to cover my sin and to bridge the gap between me and a holy God. In a sense, we all put Jesus to death. And when the Holy Spirit works through the message, it transforms our heart. And we realize that, wow, God's doing something amazing here. Yes, I'm convicted. Yes, I'm in trouble. But hang on, God's made a way for me to be saved. He's made a way for me to be forgiven and their hearts were moved and transformed. Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And that's what we do when we become Christians. We're saying, God, I need your forgiveness. I know that I've contributed to this great cost on Jesus, my life. Please forgive me. And they were baptized and added to the church. That was great news and really important for us to hear afresh this morning. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says about the Holy Spirit in Galatians chapter 5. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is... Say it again. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is... Love. Hang on, slow it down. Just slow it down. I want you to get the feel of these words. These words are transformational words. They're radical words. The fruit of the Holy Spirit in the church community is love. Love. Just stay there for a moment. It's love. Is love a feeling? it's It's a command and it's an action that has feelings that follow. But it's first of all, Jesus' love for us is a love that is not based on our goodness, our merit, our worth. It's a love that flows from him to us, not because we deserve it. He chooses to love us. And that love is costly. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is joy. That doesn't mean we don't feel sad or feel grief or pain, but we can have joy, the joy of the Lord through it. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is patience. Quick, hurry up and get those communion guys going, would you? I've got to get out of here. Some of you got that. No, thank you, everyone, for serving. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is patience. <laughs> the fruit of the Holy Spirit is kind, of peace. I've, I jumped over one, didn't you? Some of you have learnt these in a linear order. You're like, hang on, he missed one. He missed one. Well, one of them is forbearance, patience. So I was just letting you be patient until we came back to it. Um, peace. I'll just go through the rest. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there's no law, Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh, the sinful nature. We still have to crucify it daily with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Holy Spirit, says Paul, let us keep in step with the Holy Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying one another. Let us not become conceited. These are things that will work against the Spirit in our lives, in our community. Conceit envy provoking each other but let's live by the holy spirit the spirit of love joy and peace and i would say too paul would affirm this i'm sure because he said it first and so to jesus the spirit of truth the spirit of truth we can be truthful and find freedom in speaking the truth in love well As we go to the end of Acts chapter 2, this is what Peter says, and I'll read it just one more time for us. Therefore all Israel be assured of this, God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, whom we crucified, whom you crucified, whom I crucified. God has made this Jesus Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they felt something. They were cut to the heart. They were moved by this. This Jesus died for me in my place. This Jesus gave his life for me. They were moved. They felt something. Their hearts were moved by this. And they said, what shall we do? And Peter said, repent, turn around, follow Jesus, be baptised every one of you, for the forgiveness of your sins in the name of Jesus Christ. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you and your children, for all who are far off and for all whom the Lord will call. Let me pray. Father, as we share this cup, as we share this bread, as a community of Jesus, as the body of Christ here at Mount Barker Baptist, Lord, forgive us our sins. Lord, forgive us, we pray afresh. Thank you for the confidence we can have. But also, Lord, would you by your Holy Spirit move our hearts afresh this morning? Lord, we can grow stale and tired and hard. Lord, would you just give us a fresh glimpse this morning as we drink this wine, as we eat this bread, that this represents the Son of God the glorious son of God who became flesh, who gave his life in love for us. That his death, his blood covers our sin. And Lord, our sin separates us from you and puts us under judgment. But Jesus washes it away. Jesus forgives us. Jesus saves us. Jesus loves us. And we share this meal in his name. Amen.